Yeah, because you know, I love a dad bod. I really do. Like, I think dad bods are in. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Savannah. And today we are excited to talk about Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood. It is her new novel. But before we get into that, Sav, how are you doing? I am good. It is literally never-ending rain. So that's going on in my life. (laughs) The main thing that I would like to talk about is actually not about me. It's about you. Because... (laughs) Emily started a hinge profile this week, which is big news in our little world. And so I haven't seen her prompts. And so I would love for her to share her hinge profile with us. Okay, let me pull it up. So I yeah, I downloaded hinge, I took the plunge, I had this one match and things were going well. But he like asked what I do. I said, I'm like a PhD in like pol- like political science. And he was like, there is nothing I hate more than politics. Like I don't even talk about politics. And I was like, okay, we got to unmatch. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to work. No. So sad. And some of my friends helped me make my profile. So I have first round is on me. If you can teach me how to parallel part, because that is one thing that I cannot do. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> And then I have the way to win me over is being witty and liking blue cheese dressing. Absolute garbage, (laughs) but whatever. Then my friend helped me. So the question is, we'll get along if, and I was like, okay, like I could put like sports or like, if you like reading, but she told me to put, we'll get along if relaxing is included. Cause that brings up a conversation. Like, what do you like to do? Like when you relax? So those are my three prompts. Ooh, that's good. How do you relax? Like, how would you answer that question? Um, Honestly, just by watching like a sports game or like reading with like a glass of wine, candles, kind of just like something that I don't have to like mentally use like energy. Okay. These are good answers. Okay. So I had no personal updates. I just wanted to learn what your prompts were. And I want you to keep us posted as men flock to you as they should. Yeah, so I'll keep you guys posted. Um, I did start school. I don't see an academic enemies to lovers romance in my future, unfortunately. But I am glad that we did get one with love on the brain. Why don't you see one in your future? Someone, there's, there's just, no one of interest? There's no one of interest. There's zero potentials. None. And I'm the only girl in one of my classes. And I was like, this could work. But now there's no potentials. I'm still on my working theory that it could be a professor or still a student option. Emily is TAing so many classes, so many students to potentially vote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now, so I share a department, like a building with like the English, like all the arts and sciences. So I might like wander down to like the English department or the history department. It's good. Give myself a little tour. See what professors I ran into there. (laughs) Find myself a Dr. Evan Locke. Okay. If you ask a man what their favorite book is, what are your immediately, like, immediate red flags of a response? I have three. Okay, I want to hear yours. Catcher in the Rye. Huge, huge fucking red flag. 
So that's number one. Number two is The Great Gatsby, because that just shows that you like actually don't read and you never read the book. You just watched the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. So you actually are not a reader. You're just saying some bullshit response that you think is good. Three. Oh, what is the name of this book? Why can't I remember it? Hold on. Let me Google. While you try to remember, if any book by Dave Ramsey is their favorite book, I'm not talking <laughs> to them. What is it about? Oh my God. You're going to be like, you're going to think I'm an idiot when I can't remember what this is. What is the book that we all read in like middle school? To Kill a and- Mockingbird? No, similar vibes though. And it's about the the like boys and they're out hunting and like chasing each other. Oh my goodness. Why can't we remember this? Yeah, I'm trying to do a big mental block. Fuck. All right. Well, if y'all know what we're talking about, that's also a red flag because why why is that your favorite book and I think there's some racism there right there's some hard inwards yeah yeah it's like a really like fucked up book yeah yeah so if that's those are my three that book that we can't think of the name of Catcher in the Rye is the biggest red flag of them all and then The Great Gatsby yeah for me it'll be Catcher of the Rye and then anything by Dave Ramsey yeah I just yeah not my vibe not my vibe it's like if someone says that their favorite book is girl wash your face by rachel hollis i get immediate (laughs) i'm like oh i gotta go i don't think we're gonna be friends nope (laughs) we're reading two different kinds of books exactly talking about books books. oh Oh. shit look at us go (laughs) all right so speaking of books sab what have you been reading I read Love on the Brain. Obviously, we're talking about it today by Allie Hazelwood. I have both really good and slightly negative. I don't have any really negative thoughts, but I have really great in the middle, slightly negative thoughts on this book. And then yesterday, I finished Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman, which I've like had it for a while. It's been on my shelf. I went to the beach, wanted to take a hardback or like a physical copy with me immediate five stars it was so much better than I expected and I was weirdly crying yesterday finishing it so I would recommend thought it was really great if you're in like a rom-com type of mood I think that it kind of fits fits that what about you so I finished Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan and let me tell you it was worth all the hype that it was getting five stars I went into it blind and it was not like I did not expect the storyline to be what the storyline was thought it was very beautiful and Archer Hale is top five book boyfriend but one thing I love about Archer's voice and I am a sucker for anything that comes to love languages this book really discusses like love language the importance of love language and like friendship and like relationship so really like it really highly recommend it that's fun What's your love language? It is. Mine is physical touch. But I think it's starting to become physical touch and words of affirmation. Because after reading and everything, I think that physical touch can also be a form of affirmation. So it's both. What is yours? Okay. I am a long time, quality time, acts of service person. That has always been my love language. Seth is a toucher. I am zero physical touch. So I've had to like, learn how to become a toucher but I've also noticed 
as I've been reading more and talking about books more, words of affirmation is now my number two. So I'm quality time and then words of affirmation. So I think it's interesting. The more that we read about men telling women that they're good girls, <laughs> they're doing good. It's like the more that I want to hear it. And that's how it is like with Archer's voice. He's mute. Like he can't speak. And so be like, so they learn how to communicate and fall in love in this relationship where they're like having to balance this different like communication. So I really love that. Know that about Archer's voice that he was mute. That is interesting. Yeah. And she can sign because her dad is deaf. So it's really good. I think you would really like it. Okay. It's on my Kindle. I'll give it a go. I think you really, really like it. And then I read Love on the Brain, which I love. And we'll be discussing it today. I also have my thoughts. And currently, I'm reading two books. One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. But for school, I'm reading The Moral Heart Principle of a Peasant Farmer. (laughs) For my comparative politics class. So I'm reading two books at the moment. Two very different vibes, I would say. Yeah, so that's Which where I'm at. What are you I'm enjoying at. more? Are you liking the TJR or the peasant farmer more? I'm liking the TJR more. But the thing about the peasant farmer is the author wrote two books. So one that deals with like non-emotions of the peasant farmer and one that deals with like the hearts of the peasant farmer and how it deals with politics. So he had the class decide. If you think more about morals when you make decisions and you read this one. But if you think more about like non-emotions and you pick the other book and then like we're going to discuss. I wish the author wrote three books and the third one was smut, but I guess then like that's, <laughs> not, that's not the direction of the class. That would be fascinating because that's the class I'm the only girl in. So it would have made for an interesting conversation. I would have loved, loved that for you. Getting into this week's read and love on the brain, we're going to talk a little bit about Allie Hazelwood. So Allie Hazelwood is a New York Times bestselling author. You might have read The Love Hypothesis. It blew up. So that's where we get Allie Hazelwood from, as well as the writer of peer-reviewed articles about brain science. So her whole thing is that she is like truly a woman in STEM, and she writes these really fun STEM stories. Originally from Italy, she lived in Germany and Japan before moving to the United States to pursue a PhD in neuroscience. She recently became a professor, and when she is not at work, she can be found running or watching sci-fi movies. Books by Hazelwood include The Love Hypothesis, Loathe to Love You, and The Loathe to Love You novellas. Today, we will be discussing Love on the Brain, which is a workplace, academy, academic, enemies to lovers. Um, I also forgot to put in the intro, um, I had a man send me a postcard, and it said, Dearest Emily. I just had to feel like I just had to mention that, because there is something about a dearest than your government name it truly gives mr darcy vibes so this is where we're at but the dedication so i think this is an inside joke between Allie he's one of her friends the dedication is to my grems insert dolphin boob gif so i feel like that's very um inside joke yeah, that's definitely an inside joke that we are not on the inside of. But do you say GIF or do you say GIF? I usually say GIF as a GIF. I don't know. I say GIF. I don't think it's like an either. Like, I don't think either one of us is right or wrong, but I think that. It's like a tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Getting into the plot review. 
Love on the Brain takes down on her luck scientist B on the experience of a lifetime when she's selected to lead a project at NASA. Like, the NASA. So cool. So she's in Houston for three months, brain mapping helmets for astronauts. However, her excitement dims when she realizes she's not just the lead, but a co-lead. And her co-leader is none other than the man who despised her all through grad school. Levi Ward, aka the Ward Ass, which is my favorite nickname ever to be given in a book, is cold, dismissive, and rude to be, but such a great guy to everyone else. B just can't figure out what it is about her that makes him hate her so much. However, we all know that the line between love and hate can get blurry at times. As Levi and B develop a working relationship and then a friendship together, we learn that Levi never really hated B and that he's loved her all along. The tropes include it's always been you, academic rivals, and enemies to lovers, and then also some friendship drama, which I'll talk a little bit more about in my individual review because it was chef's kiss. I gave this book five stars. It had everything I wanted in a workplace romance set, like setting plus like the academic rival setting, and it had a bet, and I thought that the bet was the cutest thing, so I just, so she's training for this 5k, like she wants to give her exercise. She loses her bet to Levi and he gets to pick whatever race she runs and he trains her. And I just thought that was like a really cute way for them to bond. I'm very sad that I won't have this kind of academic enemy slover scenario because I want a real life Levi. I immediately knew that the other Twitter, like the other Twitter account belonged to Levi. And I was just waiting for the big reveal B was very quirky, but I did want to yell at her a few times. Personally, to me, Levi carried this book. He was commanding, possessive, and respectful towards B and her being a doctor, which we love to see. Like when they went to meet his family, we know that he doesn't get along with his family. And the dad's like, oh, you must be Miss B. And Levi's like, no, like it's doctor. And I was like, period. I loved my shit. I loved that so much. And, like, the fact, like, he just, like, respects, like, how she's, like, smart, her research. Like, he, we just love to see that. I did enjoy the talk surrounding the GRE because that test is truly the worst test to ever exist. Both Sam and I had to take that test. Um, I had to take it multiple times. It fucking sucked. I need to talk about two parts of this book. The first part is the little monologue thing that we get on page 166. Schmack, who we know, we find out later, is Levi is talking about B to the Marie Twitter account and B does not know that Schmack is Levi, but he is talking about B and he goes, I know what she smells like, this little freckle on her neck when she pulls up her hair. Her upper lip is a little bit plumper than the lower, the curve of her wrist when she holds a pen. She trusts me and all I think about is taking her to my office, stripping her and doing unspeakable things to her. I want to buy her flowers, food, books, and I want to lock her in my bedroom. She's everything I ever wanted, and I want to inject her into my veins. Like, are you kidding me? I just, I lost my shit. I was grinning ear to ear as I read that because, I mean, obviously, Schmack is Levi. Like, duh. And I was literally like, oh my god, he loves her so much. It was so cute. So in love, like the little things, like how her wrist looks when she holds the pen. I just love it. And the second part is, so we know B just like randomly faints, like her body can't really handle her, like um, regulate blood pressure. So I love how he takes care of her when she faints. So they're at this conference together. And um, I was really hoping that we would get a one bed trope when it came to this conference, but we kind of did. And so she faints when seeing her ex and her ex-best friend. 
And he helps her, like picks her up, carries her to his room, takes care of her. And later Levi turns to B and is like, if you ever feel that way, like, please just grab my hands. Like I'm here for you. Just swoon. Like I just, Levi is just the perfect man. And then one last quote, you must be somewhat of a masochist to pursue graduate <laughs> education. Yes, we are all <laughs> highlighted. highlighted. <laughs> I also loved how he took care of her when she was fainting. And when you get to like the like dun dun intense moment towards the end of the book, he's like, Hey B, can you take a couple steps to the left? And she's like, yeah, why? And he's like, cause you're going to faint and I can't let go of this person to catch you. So I'd prefer if you fell on the couch. Just like, That was so, so fucking cute and tender. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Okay. I love the ward ass I love Levi Ward I originally and we said we were going to talk about it we're going to be honest I really enjoyed this story I do think that he carried immediately after reading I gave it five stars I did some reflection I did some (laughs) self-reflection and so I do think that this is probably a four-star read and Levi carries he carries this fucking book this man is so in love with her and I love the it's always been you trope and it's done so well. He literally hasn't had sex since he saw her. Like since he met her, laid his eyes on her, knew that it was her, has been celibate and refrained from sleeping with anyone, which is just chef's kiss. I also really enjoyed the sister dynamic between B and her sister. And I think Emily and I definitely feel this as someone who has moved away of you don't always have to be in the same time zone or the same state or the same area to like have a really solid relationship with somebody. And so I love the way that they were able to communicate and like love each other through FaceTimes and texts and phone calls. So I thought that that was really sweet and felt really relatable to me. So I enjoyed that a lot. The lack of stability in her childhood, making her crave like things that feel so normal like when she pulls up to Levi's house and it was this cute little brick house in the suburbs and she was like oh I want this so much and I just wanted to cry for her like that I think that was when she really felt like relatable and human to me um because I didn't love her for the rest of the story really but I did love her relationship with her sister and then her craving this like sense of stability and then outside of just Levi I the thing that I enjoyed the most about the story, and I say it every time it happens in a book that we read, I wholeheartedly believe that friend breakups are harder than romantic breakups. And anytime you go through like your bestie and y'all have to part ways for whatever reason, it is so much harder than dumping some fucking idiot. Like it is a million times harder every time. And so I love that it was done really well. I think that both characters like were not in the wrong beat and do shit wrong but like for not wanting to really pursue that relationship again and feeling like maybe she should so I love when there are some like female friendships forming or going through whatever they're going through I really enjoy that in a story I also we had some great feminism one-liners and so B was hardcore feminist I loved that but you get like 20 pages in and she says it is the truth universally acknowledged that a community of women trying to mind their own business must want a man's opinion. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then kind of expanding on that, 
if there's one thing men hate more than a smart woman, it is a smart woman who makes her own choices about her sex life. And uh, it just like hits you right in the gut because it's funny, but it's true. <laughs> so. I just, I love an observant man. And that's what we get with Levi. He, so Annie's her friend and they haven't talked and they're at this dinner and, um, B goes to the restroom and um, Levi noticed that Annie has followed and he just like waits outside for B. It was like, cause he knows that she's going to like need like some support after. And I just, he never rushed her. He was just always had like full respect. And I'm like, spoiler experience. But when he was just like, can we just try this relationship? And she has of course been traumatized with her fiance cheating on her. I want, and so she was like, no, like, I have to go. She packed a bag. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But, and you can tell that Levi was really upset, and he was like, please just give me the time to show you that I'm not Tim. And I just love, because when a man, because men give us so much trauma, and they just move on with their lives, like, it's nothing. And I love it when we get, like, a man like Levi, who comes in, and he's like, hey, I'm understanding. I'm not just going to give up. Like, I'm going to show you that you're able to trust and like have that kind of relationship. And I want to be that person that you have it with. And it's, I struggle with this so much because I feel like we have placed the bar in hell. Like the bar is truly in hell. And all we want is you for just to like pay attention and check in on us. But like, I think it's so wholesome that he recognizes that she's having a hard time. And he's like, she's like really struggling with this friendship. Let me just go wait outside. I'm not going to be weird. I'm not going to be an asshole. So he just, like, really embodies that, like, good guy energy who just listens to what you say. And we are projecting it like it's the most outrageous thing in the world because the bar is so far in hell. But Levi Ward is a good man, and he does so care about me and the people in her life. And I love that so much about him. Um, I told Sav that a guy asked me how my day was. I was like, oh, my gosh, he cares. And Sav's like, the bar is in hell. (laughs) She's like, that is a complete normal thing for a guy to ask a girl how her day is like truly the bar is in absolute hell okay so we're gonna get into the spice so we do have a little bit more spice in this book than we did in um, the love hypothesis so I gave it a pepper um I have two big scenes to talk about when they are first having sex and so she changes positions she gets on top and he sees that it's like taking like she's taking her time to adjust it because so we know Levi's a big man and he goes, B, stop. You need to get used to it. So she pauses and relax. And he goes, good girl. Good fucking bye. Levi was a good girl king. A good girl king. <laughs> he was hot, possessive, and a good girl king. Who respects her and like the academic, like I just, <sighs> so hot. And then the second, he's like, I really want to fuck you. Can I fuck you? Yes, you can, Levi. I just- absolutely I'm, I'm not gonna take away your joy you can fuck me anyways <laughs> no. Sunday. that's fine I gave this half of a pepper I didn't give it a full pepper I think my pepper rating is shot to hell so I need to do some revamping on how I'm assigning these peppers but I do agree we got a little bit more spice in the first one I could have had a lot more listen my new requirement for a man is that he's too fucking tall to be an astronaut. That's what I need. If you could illegally become an astronaut because you're that fucking short, get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. So like I said, we get a scene or two. 
it's fine. Not a lot of like description, but some good dialogue. So I can work with that, Allie Hazelwood. So thank you. At one point she says, like Emily was talking about when they're first having sex, she's like struggling to accommodate. And she says, Levi, you're really big. He says, you'll get used to me. (laughs) And then he says, then he says, next time we're going to do this in my bed. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) next time. I just loved the cocky, like the cocky, you'll get used to me. (laughs) I was like, okay, I will. You're right. (laughs) My other favorite part of this was B does a lot of inner dialogue. Honey's mind is moving at a mile a minute. She's got to have ADHD. Like we need to talk about it. She needs to be on fucking Adderall stat. But she says, I'm okay with being told ridiculous things. I'm a good girl. I'm perfect. I've been driving him insane. When he first saw me, I changed the chemistry of his brain. And so you can just like picture the little like the little whispers, you know, that you're getting while a man's on top of you. And loved that. Loved that for me. Loved that for me. And then the last part was in in the morning, he like rolls over and says, can I kiss you? We get a lot of sexy consent in this. It's been our thing recently. Like consent can be so hot. So, you know, start utilizing that. But he says, can I kiss you? And she says, I could fall in love with this hesitant, shy version of Levi Ward. The same man who nibbled on my throat at 3 a.m. and told me he'd die if he couldn't fuck me again. (laughs) So if you're not telling me that you're going to die if you don't fuck me, then I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) I don't want it. Truly. You could put that as a hinge prompt. You should. You can do a voice prompt. (laughs) So I can put that as a voice prompt. The hinge voice prompts on men are disgusting. (laughs) Like absolutely disgusting. I've been sending Sab um, some interesting ones. Gross. Get your fucking voice prompts out of your hinge profile right now. And instead say, I will die if I can't fuck you. And that's the thing. This is what I want. A man who respects you outside of the bedroom, but also respects you in a different way in the bedroom. And it's just, and he's vegan and they cook little vegan meals together. And he knows that she cries all the time. So he always tries to distract her. If there's like a dead animal on the road. We just love a man who just remembers all the little things. Yes. And so I I do want to bring up some like things about B or about Allie's writing that I didn't love. And we always say that we don't want to be like, like I would highly recommend this book. I really enjoyed it. We've talked for 30 minutes about how much we liked it. There are some things that I'm just like, this was not for me. Do you feel the same? Do you have some of those things? I do. I really think that I was reading the love hypothesis again. Yes. It was so similar in the just like quirky millennial girl in STEM could be so cool and so empowering, but it just was like, it was kind of repetitive for me, which sucked. I think so. One thing that I really did like about this book that set the love hypothesis apart that I forgot to mention was the relationship between these research assistant and then Levi's project manager. So the project manager is this like Barbie, hot pink wearing blonde girl. And 
Roca Rocio is B's RA, super goth, tries to hunt ghosts, and they fall in love with each other. And I just think that that's like a cute aspect of the relationship. But I really do think that it was a lot like the love hypothesis in a way that sometimes I want to, I read to like escape. I don't want things to be too relatable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that was different about this, the side characters in the story were incredible. I loved the drama with the Twitter accounts and like her kind of being doxxed in a way. And it's not relatable to us because like we openly put our sex lives and identity online. But I can imagine that if you wanted to be anonymous, like that would be so stressful. Um, So I enjoyed that. And then also the conversation around the GRE, which when I was applying to grad school, my advisor told me that the GRE was a hazing ritual and I like cannot get past it. Like we are truly just hazing people that want to go into higher education and academia of forcing them to pay all this money to take this stupid fucking test. So I loved the side plots and the side characters, but the main character in both stories was incredibly similar. Yeah. So, and I... Now that she has a third one coming out, I would love if the third one was about the sister, because I think that we would get a different main, like female main character than Olive and B if it is about the sister. But I just like want something, maybe we can spice it up, STEM guy, liberal arts major, if you want to still stay with the academic setting. And that could be like, because you know, like the stereotype, like STEM majors, liberal arts majors always butt heads. And honestly... But the men were also the same. Yes. Dominant. Yes. Burnett, tall, broody assholes that love the girl. I am not convinced that this is not Adam Driver fanfic part two. Because I did do some research after I read it. Because you know, if y'all don't know this, the love hypothesis is a Kylo Ren fan fiction. I, I don't watch Star Wars. So like, I really cannot be helpful other than those two things. But it's Adam Driver's character and the recent era of Star Wars. They were the fucking same. The guys looked the same. They had the same features. So I really think she out here doing us again with Adam Driver fanfic. And I'm like, girl, uh uh-uh. I'm going to look it up. Did you have somebody that you thought of for Levi? Yes. I, this is embarrassing. (laughs) I was thinking, you cannot judge me, but I was thinking of the guy on TikTok that chops the wood. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I just had to say that out loud. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm not judging you whatsoever. Who did you think of? Shocker, Matt Barzell, Matt Barzell the hockey player, but it was kind of like identical. Like, even the cover looks like him. Yeah. I just... I would love to listen. I love reading about a tall, big ass dude. And we all know this, but I would love to, to see like different body types of men. I think we've started to do that for women of like having some plus size representation or when we read broken guys can't love, like she was really strong and that was her thing. I would love for us as a community to start including different body types and sizes and stuff for men and like different stereotypes other than just like hot beefy hot guy you know yeah because you know I love a dad bod I really do like I think dad bods are in when I am cuddling with a man I don't want to 
I want some warmth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so I think I'm, we also should be like switching it up. Yeah, because I've never really been into like a super ripped dude. That's never really been my thing. I've said on this podcast, I tried and true. I love an O lineman. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I'm a thick girl. Like I need a guy yes. that can like. Thick, that can pick me up. Thick women need thick men if that's what you're into. And so, yeah, I would love to see, or even like on the opposite, maybe it's like a STEM guy who's kind of scrawny and it's some other woman who's like in a position of power. I just hate that we continue to put ourselves in these boxes of like women have to be, I would hate to be a tall woman and read romance because every woman in a romance novel is fucking five one, and I am five one, So like, I relate to that, but they're always like teeny little people. <laughs> it's like I saw this TikTok on my free page. I was like, this is the most relatable shit. And the girl was like, when somebody asks you if you want to eat dinner after you read a romance novel about like a four foot nine stick thin girl, and she's like, no. I was it's like, but the, it's like relatable. Yeah, it's the I don't feel comfortable eating here. No mo. <laughs> so I think so, that we've made like really good strides right like b has piercings and is probably a little like scene emo like fun colored hair really expressive in the way that she dresses we say this all the time like millie and fucking vicious that girl dressed like <laughs> she had she was colorblind so i think like we've made good strides in different like personality types you don't have to be prim and proper but i think we need to do the same for men ran over yeah i agree I just, I did really enjoy this book. I thought it was adorable. It filled, like, I it was like what I wanted to read. I just am hoping for a little bit more, like, diversity next book. Yeah. Like, Allie, we love you and we support you of getting out of this box. That if you feel like you're put inside this box, like, the readers who enjoy you will still enjoy you if you're going off. Somewhere. That's why I think that authors are always so worried. So they have about stepping up, like, out of the box and then they keep writing kind of the same thing because they're worried but Allie girl I really do like your writing so I would read probably whatever you'd write yes retweet all authors please get out of your boxes do you see that Tessa Bailey has kind of deleted a lot of stuff that goes with her reverse harem book no is she I tried I don't know I tried to go on Amazon to pre-order it it's not on there it's not on Goodreads it's not on her Insta page Damn, because it was scheduled to come out in February. No, I think this one's October. I think Secretly Yours is one coming out in February. But I think the reverse harem is supposed to come out in October. Oh, the Sibeli's reverse harem was like something that I was so looking forward to. I cannot think of a better author to write a reverse harem. I wonder if she got negative pushback. I wonder. Tessa girl, just release it. Use a pseudonym. We will protect your identity. So we are going to get into some discussion questions. So we have two villains in this book. We have Guy, who is works on the project. And we have Tim, who is the cheating um, ex-fiance. And Guy basically sabotages the whole project because he's jealous that Levi got picked. So, Sav, who do you think is the biggest villain, Guy or Tim? Oh, this is hard. I think, oh shit. Okay, so they're both horrible. I would like to go on the record as saying both terrible people. Tim is a cheating piece of shit. 
anybody who goes out of their way to not only cheat on you, but like fuck the one person in your life who is closest to you, someone who is like a sister to you, especially if you don't have like familial support, sucks. But also, I mean, the other person has to be willing to do it. So Tim, piece of shit. I also think it was interesting that she was talking about Tim's family of like, it's so unfair that Tim has this amazing supportive family and he's a piece of shit and Levi's family sucks and he's such a good person. So hate Tim, but guy, he was on some like real, real evil type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we are sneaking in after hours. We are trying to dock someone. We are just overall like v bad ethical behavior breaking laws having a gun saying that she was gonna like force her to jump off the building so i would say that he is the main villain of the story and probably the more dangerous person in life what about yeah i have to agree i think they're both awful piece of shit people especially when we find out that Tim forced B to look at roadkill knowing that she gets very emotional. He's a piece of shit. But I have to say, Guy, because also by sabotaging these helmets, he could have killed like people in space. And the fact that he outed the Twitter page that she was keeping anonymous, try to kill her, try to sabotage everything. Um, I'm going with Guy as the main villain. Yeah, I feel the same. Like he he really was a little bit more evil. And yeah, it sucks though, because all throughout the book, she's talking about Guy, like he should probably be the lead on this project. So I think that there's some real like cutthroat situations of people being picked over you to be a project lead when you probably deserved it more, but also like you're not <laughs> trying to kill people and like sabotaging their data and all that other shit too. I agree. You know what I loved in this story? I loved the ongoing conversation of if the cat was real. Oh, I thought that was the cutest shit ever. And then she brought the cat home. And like, we're going to adopt it. He like talks about the cat like it's not real all the time. Like, oh yeah, her cat's (laughs) see-through. And And then the flash. I know, the flash. He's like, this could be like our parting gift. Like, she's already like, I'm leaving. Like, we're not going to be together. And he was like, he kind of gave her a job. And I was like, He's kind of right, but he's like, here's one more thing to be like scared of losing. And it's a flash drive. And so he went through all the security cam footage to like track the cat and like cut wherever the cat was. And then the cat saved her life. I looked at my cat and I was like, are you going to do that for me? And she just <laughs> turned away. I had a real guilt trip moment with Bella yesterday. So Bella is my dog. She is, oh my God, almost 10 She's getting older, okay? She's got some gray hairs. We don't ask a woman her age, so I've never asked her. And, like, as far as I'm concerned, I birthed Bella through my birth canal. Like, she is my child. I gave vaginal birth to Bella, and that's when she was born. So we were snuggling yesterday. She's not a snuggly animal. She is not that type of gal. And she's trying to get away from me. And I looked her dead in the fucking face and I was like, one day you're not going to be able to snuggle with me. <laughs> just burst into tears. And this poor dog was like, what the fuck is going on? She thinks I'm criminally insane. Now, I think one of the saddest things is watching your pet get older. Oh, uh, I will cry right now. I know. I, I'm sadder. 
listen, men think that they can really like break your heart and fuck you up. You have nothing. I would much rather lose you than lose my friends or my animals. Yeah, you're like third on the list. Probably farther. So men ain't shit. (laughs) No, but the men that we do think are shit get on our boyfriend pyramid. So as you guys know, we are women in STEM. So we have the bottom of the pyramid is ultimate friends with benefits. And then we have meet the family. Then we have white picket fence. And then at the top of the pyramid, we have God tier. So Sav, where are you putting the ward ass? I am putting the ward ass at white picket fence. And I feel like he is solidly husband material. I loved him. He would inspire you to be better. He would make you run 5Ks. He would get up early for you to carpool to work together like he is truly a ride or die man and that's where I'm gonna put Levi white picket fence I'm putting him as god tier and white picket fence because I think that he is everything that a man embodies like if you're late writing your dissertation or you're late doing something he's gonna bring you coffee he's not gonna like he's gonna be the most understanding man he wants you to be the better like the best version of yourself and he also if you want to be at home in four day old pajamas and dirty hair he's not going to give a shit he's still going to tell you that you're the hottest woman ever agreed if you say do i have to wear a bra to an event he's never going to say yes he will always let you free the nip and that's really all we could ask for and all we can ask for so levi has my heart (laughs) we hope that you loved love on the brain as much as we did and that the ward ass is forever embedded in your soul just like he is with ours next week we are going to read a book by megan quinn called royally not ready and (laughs) we're doing the classic thing we haven't read it so we hope that it doesn't suck but it's getting a lot of hype on tiktok right now and so we just want to kind of join the conversation and read something that people are really liking and it's relatively new for megan quinn so came out very recently and it's on kindle unlimited so want to you know give you that budget friendly option yes we hope you guys loved love on the brain and we'll be back next week bye guys